This is Change for Your Dollar podcast with John Putnam. We have another great episode today of Change for Your Dollar, where we have conversations and talk about the blessings and burdens around money and faith and life. I'm your host, John Putnam. Hey, everybody. Hope you are doing well today. It is great to be back with you. I hope you're having a great week. Hope you had a good weekend and really looking forward to wrapping up part two around improving financial success and stewardship by addressing misdirection. So a little recap from last week, and if you haven't listened to it, this would be a great time to go back and listen to that one before you listen to this one. But a quick recap, as we began discussing and exploring how performance magicians use sleight of hand tricks and the idea of misdirection in performance magic. And we referenced an article from masterclass.com that shared that misdirection is the subtle, deceptive art of directing an audience's attention toward one thing so it does not notice another. And the key to misdirection is that the audience is unaware of it and feels that its attention was precisely where it was supposed to be throughout the performance, often studying the magician actually looking for the sleight of hand. And I went on to share that I believe a phenomenon similar to this exists in our financial lives and makes it incredibly challenging to be wise and faithful stewards. But there is hope because I shared my conviction that I believe that you can improve your financial success and impact and stewardship by understanding and addressing three sources of misdirection. We started last week with the introduction and source number one, that regret and shame live in the past. Today, we continue with source number two, that fear and greed live in the future. There was a survey that was conducted by CPA financial planners, and they wanted to see what clients were most worried about. And a staggering 40% reported that running out of money was their client's biggest fear. Isn't it interesting that the command of do not worry or do not fear is found throughout the Bible and is one of the simplest and most powerful directives that we are given that we should follow. However, like so much of Scripture, it is easy to understand, but isn't it challenging to follow it? Fear is that unpleasant emotion that something might be dangerous or likely to cause some sort of pain. And it can be found around concerns of running out of money, just like the study showed. Maybe not enough money for college education for your children. Maybe losing a financial providing spouse that is so devastating. Maybe not having the right insurance or possibly poor investment returns or having to work more years than you anticipated. And of course, if you lose someone too soon. I find that misdirection through fear 
to often be associated around a cycle of worry around retirement needs. Over my decades of practice and working with clients, I realized that so many times they were caught up in this cycle of worry, that they would often worry about having enough money for retirement. And when they finally felt like they had enough, they spent the rest of their life worried about losing it. And this continual worry, it frames a lifetime of financial fear, and it directs us to focus on our money as security. And we know that's not what God intended, is it? I find that it's a common challenge that we face when we're thinking about planning for our future versus living for our future. But that is a topic for another podcast. The second area in source number two is that of greed. It's an intense and selfish desire for something, often around money or power. Symptoms of greed can include wanting more and more money without regard to need just desiring more physical resources, possibly even ignoring people, not living generously, and living with a me-first attitude. Charles Spurgeon shared this about greed and wanting more. Quote, You say, if I had a little more, I should be very satisfied. But you make a mistake. If you are not content with what you have, You would not be satisfied if it were doubled, end quote. 1 Timothy 6.10 is a familiar verse that puts this in scriptural perspective. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. I think about this verse in connection with the scripture that I shared earlier in part one of this podcast around Matthew 27 and about Judas's shame and regret of the betrayal of Jesus. And we will talk more in a moment of how all three sources that I'm sharing with you around misdirection are inextricably linked. There are some clues that you may be dealing with misdirection around this source. It may look like striving and overwork in your vocation, maybe an overattention to investment returns, possibly moving from job to job to earn more money, possibly an unhealthy desire for money-making ventures, maybe financing lifestyle with consumer debt, or acquiring more and more of money or resources far above your need. We all know that if you put your trust in something other than God, it is only a matter of time before that something lets you down. I've said this many times on the podcast. When it comes to money, it makes a lousy savior. I have to tell you, This future-facing duo of fear and greed, they are terrible twins, and they are loud 
and they are boisterous. They are bullies that demand to be seen and heard. And I'm telling you, they can drown out God's small whisper of truth so easily. Even today, I will tell my coaching clients that when they sit down at the table to do planning with their financial advisors and their team, that they need to pull up two more chairs because fear and greed are always at the table. But like everything that we feel and experience, God knows what we're going through. And in 2 Timothy 1, 7, He puts all of this into the proper perspective, and it reads, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Okay, let's move on to source number three. Beliefs and behaviors live in the present. Reverend Billy Graham shared that, quote, When we speak of Christian faith, We refer to certain beliefs and doctrines. These are of great importance, for Christian living presupposes Christian conviction. But it is possible to have beliefs which do not find expression in conduct. This belief of the head is often confused with real faith. The simple truth is one really believes only that which he acts upon. End quote. That is so interesting, isn't it? And so true. Our actions reflect our beliefs, or in the terms that I've used, our behaviors reflect our beliefs. Beliefs are defined as trust, faith, or confidence in something or someone. Examples of some negative beliefs are Money only causes conflict. Earning too much money is shameful. Money equals love or power or image. More money is always better. Or once I reach that financial goal, then I'll be happy. And the list goes on and on. Behaviors are defined as the way in which one acts or conducts oneself, especially toward others. Symptoms of some of our challenging behaviors can be overspending, lifestyle debt, mental accounting, following the herd, overconfidence, and oversaving. And of course, there is a direct connection between the present today along with our past and future. Because it is both from our past and our perceived future that influence and inform our beliefs and our behaviors. And just like Dr. Graham said, quote, one really believes only that which he acts upon, end quote. There are some clues that you may be dealing with misdirection around this source that can show up as misalignment between your faith, your beliefs, and your behaviors in any area of life. And as wise stewards, we need to keep our eye out and our fingers on our own pulse, watching out for anything that may undermine our kingdom-focused goals and objectives. 
I love Galatians 5, 23, that captures a tested and truthful observation to quickly diagnose faith alignment or the lack thereof by looking for spiritual fruit. It reads, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Don't you just love that list? (laughs) I mean, I read those characteristics, and it's so inspirational, but it's also aspirational. It just makes me want to be a better person and bear more spiritual fruit. I hope it does the same for you. So as we close, let me recap all of this into a summary and some takeaways and that new PDF worksheet I promised. Misdirection, when it's used by a performer with sleight of hand, it can bring great enjoyment and fun. But when misdirection is deployed in the hands of a skillful enemy without opposition or Even when we face a more, I don't know, observable battle with simple distraction, both can leave a trail of interruption and defocus of our lives and our families and our relationships away from God. So as wise stewards, we definitely need to spend our time reflecting on our past, exploring and evaluating You know, what's happened in our financial world, in our habits, in the tools we are using, also in our family and reflecting on our goals. And of course, we need to think about the future as well, anticipating as best we can what's to come and setting goals and making plans. But when we are reflecting on the past or considering the future, we need to make sure that we don't live there mentally, spiritually, or emotionally. I was encouraged recently in a short message from Pastor Derwin Gray that God wants to be with us from walking in the garden with Adam and Eve, the pillar of cloud with the Israelites leaving Egypt, constructing the temple, building the tabernacle, and then Jesus himself. He always wants to be with us. Over my career, I've observed that we all have a tendency to gaze upon what we should glance at and only glance at what we should be gazing upon. We can often find ourselves looking somewhere else when our eyes should be on the cross. Often, it can be easier for us to live in and pay attention to the past or the future rather than to face our reality and the opportunities and tensions of today. But today, this moment, right now, it's the only time you have to manifest your faith into action through your love and your care and your presence for God and others. There's a writer named Robert Hastings, and he summarized this well in this excerpt from The Station. And it reads, It isn't the burdens of today that drive people mad. It is the regrets over yesterday and the fear of tomorrow. Regrets and fear are twin thieves who rob us of today. 
So, stop pacing the aisles and counting the miles. Instead, climb more mountains, eat more ice cream, go barefoot more often, swim more rivers, watch more sunsets, laugh more, cry less. Life must be lived as we go along. I do believe that you can definitely improve your financial success and stewardship and your lives by understanding and addressing these three sources of misdirection. And a little pro tip here. (laughs) May I add that if you are a couple that the shame and regrets of the past and the fear and greed of the future and your beliefs and behaviors today are as unique as you are. So be aware of that. Be thoughtful. Be full of grace and openness when walking through this together. This truly is a spiritual battle far beyond math and finance, and you are in it. You are actually on the front lines. And let's do our best to not let the past and the future misdirect the present and distract you from God and the daily moment-by-moment opportunity to live and love to the fullest. And do you remember that couple that I told you about at the beginning of part one of this podcast? Well, that husband in the story, it was me. You see, this isn't theory for me. It's not theory for Anne. We have lived it and learned it the hard way. And yes, I'm still growing. Anne is too. And I want to help you conquer these influencers around your money choices, helping you focus your heart and your mind and your actions on God and God alone, hopefully taking you closer to Him closer to those you love, and closer to the plans that He has made uniquely just for you. And as promised, I have a new downloadable PDF worksheet just for you to help you address misdirection and help you improve your financial success and impact and stewardship. All you need to do is go to changeforyourdollar.com Click on the resource link. It will take you to my resources page and look for the Addressing Misdirection Worksheet. And on the worksheet, you will find unique questions and scriptures that reference each source of misdirection to help you begin to conquer these once and for all. And as you were listening to part one and two of this podcast, I bet someone came to mind a friend, a family member, a coworker that you believe could really use this podcast, that it would be an encouragement, a blessing to them. If so, I would ask, would you please share this with them? Because I believe not only would it be a blessing to them, but it would be a blessing to you to be able to share this and help them begin to resolve some of the tensions that they have around money and faith in their lives. Thank you so much, and I can't wait to be with you next time. You've been listening to Change for Your Dollar podcast with John Putnam. Thank you for joining me for Change for Your Dollar. 
where we have real conversations exploring the burdens and blessings around money, faith, and life. For more tools and resources, please visit changeforyourdollar.com. I'm John Putnam. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to being with you again next time.